Okay, guys, I'm particularly excited about today's Shir Kloli topic for a couple of reasons. One, after having done this for many years, I'm usually teaching things I've taught before. This is a topic I've never done before, so that's one good thing. Two, it's a little bit unusual. Usually during Shir Kloli, I do more halachic-based studio. This one's kind of on the border of Agadah, more of an Agadic Shir Kloli. And number three, I think it has a lot of significant ideas. I will just point out that uh, this emerged from a chabrut I have with Mark Adler, so uh, th- thank Mark for that. Okay, so let's start with a good example of where you sometimes you pick out a Gemara, but if you start with the right lines, you might miss the context, which is important. You'll see in a second, because there's a shot I want to advance, but if I pick out right, the right lines, it works. In the larger context, it might not work. You'll see what I mean in one second. Okay, let's look at a fascinating Gemara. But not just Mark, those of you in my Ovo chair, we discussed this concept the other night. Okay, take a look at the first Gemara. We'll start with the fourth line. Let's see what happens if we don't have the context. Okay, Kitatanya, Shimon Hamsuni, Ba'amrila Nechemia Hamsuni. Now, this is not a famous fellow. We don't know very much about someone named Shimon Hamsuni. Hayadoresh Kol Etem Shebetorah. You definitely don't want to try this at home. He would say, every time it says the word et, I'm going to make a drasha. This is probably the worst possible word to choose if you're going to make a drasha on every time the word appears. But he says, I'm going to make a drasha. Every time it says et. And he says that the word et always comes to include something. Okay? So he goes to the Torah, every time it's the word et, what is being included by the word et? Now, here's an amazing thing. Kibin et Hashem he arrived at a Pasuk, you should fear or have reverence for the Lord your God. Now here's something fascinating. That's a Pasuk in Sefer Dvarim. So what does that seem to indicate? It, he had managed to do this successfully through the force for Humushim. That's pretty good. There are a lot of Eds out there. Okay, and he had done it successfully. Ah, oh, Noah Meltzer. Nice haircut. Although, for most guys, and she would say, you're, you're pre-haircut. Okay, your post-haircut looks like most guys pre-haircut. Okay, so he got the Teshem of Kachatira. Okay, Jeff, you get haircut too? I do. Okay, unbelievable. You let the guys get haircuts, they look the same as they did before. <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. He got the Teshem of Kachatira. Piresh, he separated. Namely, he was nervous to make a drasha. What do you say, guys? Why did he not want to make a drop on et Hashem Have reverence for God. Well, don't forget, what does he do every time he sees the word et? He includes something. What's he thinking? What am I include together with, with God? It doesn't seem appropriate. So I'm going to stop right here. Okay, I made it through the safe environment, whatever parak, and now I'm backing off. Umrulo Tommy Doves, to his students say to him, Rebbe, our teacher, kol etim shadarashta. What about all those drush you did till now? Matelem, what about the four thousand drush that you said earlier in the Torah? Amrlahem, Keshem Shekibalti Skar Al Hadrisha, just like I received word for all those drushot, Kach Animikabel Skar Al Haprisha. I now get reward for meaning I'm doing the right thing each time. I was right till now to make an Edrasha, but now that I've hit this Etashamakatira, I will get Skar for backing off. Okay, Amr Ajabar Bikiva Vidrash, or Bikiva shows up and says now, I find this already educationally fascinating because Rabbi Kiva was willing to do what? To say that Ed can include something. He's willing to put fear of scholars or reverence for scholars together with Hashem. But apparently Shimon Hamsuni was not willing to do so. So already I think you have this educational debate, or this debate, like is that appropriate thing to say or not? 
where Rabbi Kiva apparently thinks it's okay. Go ahead with your project. Just say L'Rabo Tamidi Chachamim. And Shimon Suni thinks it's not okay. Okay, so ready? Uh, one question on the board I want to raise is just understanding that debate. Right? Should we be comfortable sneaking Tamidi Chachamim into that pasuk? Quincy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to change your point a little bit and uh, leave out the sarcasm if that's okay. Okay, let's go to the minute. Let me see where I found this. Where was it? Ah, Evan, go to source six. Okay, this is why, guys, life is easy these days in the world of the internet and computers. Same as a program called the Shud Barilan, you heard of it, which has a tremendous amount of Torah resources. Okay, so I, Alicia, uh, there's Anna Beamer right here. Alicia, is there any particular reason you're sitting in the bleachers? What's going on over there? Okay, that, that was a very good answer, actually. Okay, fine. Okay, okay that was very good. What, what's Arya Northman doing in the Benish High section? What? Okay. For, for life or just for this year? All right, Northern, what are you doing in the Ben Ishchai section or the bleachers? Okay, there's a seat right next to him, no? Ah, okay. All right, so in any case, um, ah, so on the Barlan book, there's a lot of Torah resources. So on Shas, there's something called the Daf al Daf. I have to find who did it because he did a real favor. He goes to like obscure sperm, no one would ever look at and quotes them. Okay, so sometimes I find some just because it's in the, the daf al daf. So look at this. I have no idea wh- where he got this from. Here's the part I wanted. Shimon Amsuni knew, it's not that he didn't think of Rabbi Kiva's drasha. Of course he thought of it. And maybe, here's the other thing. I want to read it that Shimon Amsuni thinks it's not an appropriate drasha. You can't compare it to God. That's not appropriate. But he wants to say, he realized that was actually correct. Look what he does. Ah, yadal rabot tamidacham, ela shalu ratzaligalot. Lo ratzaligalot? He didn't want to? Reveal it. Why not? Shesavar shalu yishmuulo. I thought that was a great insight. What's the problem, guys? I have this problem myself. Okay, yeah? If you said, oh, it's the fear of the honor of the Hoffman, you like, talking about yourself. Exactly, exactly. Like, I believe, again, I admit, I have a more, uh, I'm more into autonomy than the average rabbi, right? So I'm not such an authoritarian rabbi. But I do think there's certain basic respect you need for Talmudic Chachamim. But I find I can never give a sicha about it. Okay, why can't I give a sicha about it? Because it sounds a little self-serving, right? If I get up and say, you guys really should have more respect for Rabbeim. Right, so that, it's hard to give such a sicha. Right, so I'm not exactly, I've never been sure like how to overcome that problem. I guess maybe non-Rabbeim should give sicha about the respect for Rabbeim. But, uh, what? Okay, <laughs> but in any case, uh, I thought that was an interesting idea. So one take, it's quite a little bit your point, although he takes a different direction. Yeah. One take on Shimon Sunni, again, we have two takes in. One take was, he just didn't think this dresser worked at all. Don't say it, it's religiously inappropriate. Maybe he actually thought it was religiously inappropriate. He just says, how do I get up and say, have respect for, have reverence for Tamir Chamin? I'll just say one thing. He makes it a little bit more pragmatic. Because how did he say it? Savar Shelu Yishm'ulo. 
Okay, what, what's his concern? No one's going to listen to him. Oh, sure, the rabbis have so much respect for rabbis. I'm not even worried about whether people listen. I just feel funny doing it. I feel like it's self-serving. Okay, yeah, who would I hand up? Leave. Uh, yeah, so why then would you, like, stop the Ah, that's my question. Next question. Here we go. Excellent leave. Okay, I'm sorry if I cut you off in the middle there. Okay, I, I know I said I'd stop doing that, but I guess I'm not stopping you doing that. Okay, <laughs> but uh, here's what I find. There's three really interesting things about this subject. You're very excited about this. One is what I just said. Is it appropriate to add to me to Two, what did Shum bin Amsuni do when things stopped working? And I think there are two ways to take it, right? One way to take it is, oh, if I can't answer this pasuk, I have to throw out my entire project. All those 4,000 drushan I said till now are apparently wrong. The other way to take it is, says, no, I leave this as a question. Right, ah, I had a good method. And I've, you, some of you probably all heard this from me because I feel very strongly about it. If you have a great theory and there's one question it can't solve, I don't see that as a reason to throw out the theory. I think in a lot of aspects of life, whether it's literature or science, right, again, math's a little different, but I think, okay, this is the best theory we have. There's one thing it can't cover. So let's leave that as a question rather than throwing out the whole thing. Right, so I don't know if you guys are sympathetic to me, but I would like to say that the right move at this point would be not to throw out the theory. Keep the theory with one problem. Okay? So you're raising your hand, you're just, okay, great. Okay, boss? Okay. Now, I'm going to show you, though, where, where I might be in trouble, and will try to save me at the end of the day. Okay? Because I've thought that for years, because I was always lazy. I never looked at the entire context of the Gemara. But if you look at the entire context, it seems like I'm totally wrong. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of Pesachim now. The beginning of Pesachim is describing a Shor HaNiskal. A shor that killed somebody, and we put it to death for killing somebody. It's a dangerous ox, and you're not supposed to get any benefit from it. Like we have a, a like a, we kind of recoil from this ox. This ox killed a person. So shor haniskal is what's called asur bahana. Okay, so let's see the pasuk. Ubala shor naki. What does that teach you? Lahanat orohudata. It teaches you not only can you eat the meat, you can't even get benefit from oro this skin. Very good. The itzrich, and you need that pasuk. Ah, what does the Pasuk prohibit? Only eat the meat. in Okay, so again, you don't need to know any details, but we're saying that Ubala Sharnaki teaches me that you can't even get benefit from the skin of a Sharnaska. We really want to just be revolted by an ox that killed somebody. Okay, next. Wait. But apparently there were some Tanim who already used Bala Sharnaki, Ledrasha Achrina. For a different drasha. Remember, there's a rule, you're not supposed to use the same words for two drasha. So if Balasharnaki is the source of the Israhana of Sharniskal, what will you do about those people who already use that Pasuk for something else? Lachati Kofu Gmevladot, Hanot Oro Minalu. Okay, what's that guy's Hanat Oro Minalu? They will have no source now for Hana of the skin. Nafglumi et pisaro et hatafel bisaro. No, they can get it from Ed Pisaron, okay? You don't need the whole, all the details here, but what do you have now? Everybody agrees that you can't get Hana from the skin, either based on Bala Shornaki or based on Ed Pisaron. Now, you might notice already that Ed Pisaron is a Shimonam Sunni kind of drasha, because we're saying the claim that Ed includes something, right? So Pisaron is just the Basar, and Ed includes the skin. Ah, very good. The Edach, what about the other guy? It's like a whole like, Talmudic tennis match, we keep going back and forth. Right, so we just have the return of serve, right? I get it from Ed Pissarro. So when it says V'idach, what do we want to know? Well, the other guy, what does he do with Ed Pissarro? Ah. So Mark, this shows you we should have done the whole context. Et lo darish. What's the answer? 
he doesn't darshan et, and then it quotes this story. Wait, how will this story support not darshaning et? It supports it really only if he threw it all out. Everyone see that? Okay, let me see if I get that point. Because again, I am very adamant that a better reading would be, why do you have to throw out your whole theory? Because you have one case you struggle with. I, I don't think that should be the case. I have to admit, I want to be honest, as honest as possible. The larger concept of the seems to prove me wrong. Right? Because it sounds like we're trying to come up with, oh, here's why somebody wouldn't darshan et. Why are they not darshan et? Because of this Shimon Hamsuni story. So it sounds like Shimon must have thrown out his theory, and therefore we don't have to make a drush every time it says that. So we take comments in one second, and when we get to the third issue, one issue was this educational debate, can you include Tommy Chachamin? Second issue, what is Shimon Hamsuni's move at this point? Does he indeed trash the entire theory? Or does he say, I live with a question? Okay, boss. So the words that I've shed thought imply that like, this conclusion wasn't actually what ended up happening? Uh, that's very interesting. Okay, meaning I was reading as Machlok and Rabbi Kiva and Shimon, but if you say once Rabbi Kiva said it, it kind of, that was the consensus, then that wouldn't work, right? But you're right, though. I guess that Kamar shows that Shimon and Sunni still kept up his opposition, and therefore the et becomes question. Okay, who else? Saul? Saul, you raising your hand? Yeah. yeah. What, which book of the Torah is this quote uh, from? No, no, the, the one about the Oh. Uh, Mishpat and That was a clever point. You said, what if this was later? Because it was after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. It's in, it's in Shmot. Mati. Mati, did you think for two seconds? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> Just about. Uh, is it true to say that his theory broke down? Because he like, chose not to give the answer. Because of, they, they, they no, I, is, is there a strong argue? It, would, it doesn't sound like his theory has to break down. Yeah. But the yeah. larger context implies that it does. I, I understand. I understand. I'm uh, saying you're, you're arguing about like, whether or not like, he should like, discover something else. But if it, that it wouldn't even like, occur because like, he, he's not thinking, oh, oh, no, I've got no explanation. He's just thinking I shouldn't be giving an explanation. Okay. But look, guys, just, you're right. Look at Rashi, guys. And it's clear why Rashi did this. Okay. Look at Rashi on the second line. Okay? You see the second line of Rashi, guys, in verse 2? Kivin shigil teshem ka'chatira, Amar, he said, ma arbe lira'imo. What could I increase to have Yerit together with, with God? And therefore, look what he does now. Piresh mikulan. He's separated from all of them. V'chazarbo mikol ribuin shadarash. So Rashi wants to claim, clearly, that what did he retract from? The, the entire endeavor. Right, and it's clear why did Rashi say that because of the larger context of the Gemara, right? So yeah, you can't really fold Rashi. Rashi. So I, I agree with you. I still think logically the other thing should be true, and I'm can I see? Can I overcome this problem that again, if you just said the Shimon Am Sunni quote, it works, Mati. Yeah. But in the larger context, it doesn't seem to work. Okay. Did someone else have a hand? Yeah. Quincy, is that you? Yeah. What's the uh, how it has to be in order? I don't really understand why you're taking. Uh, look, if I had a. I admit, it's not the only way to do it, but most people never project, oh, you go in chronological order, no? You wouldn't do that? Let's say, I don't know. Oh, Eli, you missed it. While you're wearing Jojo became the star of Yeshiva. Okay? Yeah. We'll see what happens now you're back. It's going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of tension now in Syria and Brooklyn. Okay. But uh, let's say Jojo goes on. He wants to do a study. He needs to do a study every time the word, I don't know, uh, Baha Shemesh appears in Tanakh. Okay, let's say we find six times in Chumash. Wouldn't the natural move be, oh, here it is in Breshit, here it is in the end of Breshit, here it is in Shemot. That, that's how most people would proceed, no? It could be natural, but I just think it, just 
doesn't not necessarily. Okay, look, let's say this. The fact that you could have done it otherwise, ah, that's interesting. That does change things, actually. I'm sorry, let me get back to Quincy's point, and I'll raise a third question. Okay, the third thing I wanted to discuss beyond the first two topics is, is it really true that there were no troubling psukim before at the Shemokach For example, what if I tell you that earlier in St. Fedvarim it says, Bahavta Tashemulokacha. So they have the same problem. Can I increase something else to get together with love of God? Now, I have to admit, I didn't really think about this problem till now, this answer till now. Many Mepharshim asked that question, but Quincy has a very interesting answer. Quincy, it's hard to figure out what your safer name is going to be. I don't know like, where to go with Quincy. Right, uh, okay. okay, okay, fine. So in the Divri Malkiel, it says that the question is based on erroneous assumption. The question is based on the assumption that he was doing the Pesukim in order. Maybe he wasn't going in order. So if he wasn't going in order, he could have gotten to with the Shemelchatira before he got to the Hafta the Shemelchatira. I actually think that it would make more sense to start with only easy Pesukim first, and oh, now he gets the hard one. Okay. And it makes sense that he would stop there and struggle. Okay. How does that affect the question I just asked him? Because he didn't go in order, so... No, but would he have gotten to Avod Hashem first or Yerod Hashem first? Um, but it doesn't matter. They would have been in the hard group of things, so... Okay, but it's still striking that he highlights the Yerod Hashem Pasuk as problematic and doesn't highlight the Avod Hashem Pasuk. Right. So I just want to raise one last question, guys, and we'll see if you have suggestions. Is there a reason why love of God would be less troubling than reverence or fear of God. That's quite interesting. Okay, again, think about it experientially, psychologically. Okay, we got our three topics. So this, that's why I, I'm into this topic. Again, one, the debate, should you include Talmud Chaman? Number two, did Shimon of Sunni give up on the whole project? Number three, is there a reason why this Pasuk troubled him more than other Paralipsukim, especially the one about love of God? Yeah. I think that's kind of where he was going. But like, let's just say he didn't throw the entire project. Mm-hmm. Why does it sound like he- Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It doesn't. Really, to be fair, it doesn't really spell out what he did at this point. Right. Unless I, you're, you're right. Your reading is a simple reading, but maybe I'll force a little bit and say he separated from darshaning this pasuk. But maybe at that point he then proceeded with with the endeavor. Okay. Anybody else with a comment? Joe, you want to say something or no? Well, I was, I was just going to say, like, to associate God with fear over love, or like, the same love, it's, it's just not like a... It, it's well, why, is it e- why is it easy to do that with love than with fear? Let's hear. Well, because if you're doing, if you're like, you know, serving a shot of love, it's, it's much better, you know, perspective than you do that fear. It's like... It's, okay, well, well, first of all, what's the problem here, guys? We have to figure out which fear we're talking about. Right, there's of course a famous split. I th- thank God English is a lot of words, very helpful English. Okay, we can talk about reverence and awe and fear of punishment. Now, obviously, reverence and awe, it's not like fear of punishment. Like, if, uh, who should we go with over here? All right, Kobe, what music do you listen to? Uh, okay, like who? Um, Taylor Swift. Sure, the five. Okay, so let's say, you know, Kobe goes to Holy Bagel one day and Taylor Swift is standing there waiting for her coffee. Okay, so he gets all, he, he gets all nervous. Okay, he gets a little nervous. He's not sure what to say to her. Okay, what? Okay, but it's clear he is not nervous because he thinks like she's going to punish him. Like what exactly is she going to send him to jail? She's going to punch him? No, he's nervous because he has her mental awe and reverence. Right, so that's a very different experience. So when we say at the Katira and we have this debate whether it includes scholars or not, are we talking about reverence or are we talking about fear of punishment? Those are two totally separate things. So let's look at one guy's one marsha. 
Okay, we'll see the first answer on the board, source three. Remember, guys, the Marsha is the most common person to comment on Agadot. So when we're in Agadot, I always go to the Marsha. He's in the back of a big Gemar. Says the Marsha, Kevin Shigil, the Shemel Kachatira Piresh, Ula El Mine. Kevin should know that from Gemar or Tosva. What's Ula El Mine? Earlier, Bahu Parshata, Kishigia, Levahavta, the Shemel Kacha. So Quincy noticed he does assume he's going in order. Lo Piresh, why didn't he separate there? Um, he's willing, he was also willing to equate love of the scholar with love of God. Now this is very interesting because we all agree that reverence is more noble and more idealistic than fear of punishment. But, but he's going to say it makes better sense here if I go with fear of punishment. Why? Very so what do you want to claim, guys? I could have reverence for a scholar, and I could love a scholar, but why would I have fear of punishment for the scholar? Like, let's say, I know, let's say you're the rabbi of the shul, right? It could be that, you know, the president of the shul has more impact, ultimately, or could do more harm to you than the rabbi, right? So you, there might be a lot of scenarios where the rabbi is an influential figure, but not necessarily a powerful figure. Right, nicely in short, I don't know, what can you do? You can say, uh, we'll give you Maftir Yona. I don't know, that really counts as Scarva Onish. Right, and even then, a lot, a lot of shoals, the shoal wouldn't listen to him, he says, we'll give him Maftir Yona. So he wants to claim, it becomes a little bit less about, you know, uh, inappropriateness, it's just wrong. Right, if Yerat Hashem is year of Scarva Onish, he says, there's no Scarva Onish with a rabbi, and that's why it doesn't apply. Okay, Harrison. Why does that mean an increase? Yeah. That's a good question. I meant to look into it, but I just didn't get to it. Yeah. Why does like the reaction to like the Talmud like both Yira and Yeah. Why can't it be Torah? Like why? Why does that be a Ah, I was going to save that for the end. Okay, but as you guys know, I I am willing to go out of order, even to give up on my uh, concluding punch because someone said it right now. Okay, so let's. I, I like she would be a little more vibrant. You'll see guys, we get to college. Some professors will come, the lecture is like this package lecture. Even if you make a Nobel Prize-worthy comment, the lecture is just going to continue. It's like they have a force field. It's going to bounce off. Okay, and other professors will actually take your comment and run with it. So I, I always like the second model better, so I, I try to do that. If you make a comment, even if I haven't thought about it before, let's go and run with it. So let's go and run with uh, what Mark and Quincy wanted to say. Okay, so everybody please go to the second page. Okay, he's going to try to explain Rabbi Akiva now. Now, we're in source eight. Now, there's a good rule also. Like, I, just, I usually don't do this. Like, I think if the Marsha has a shot, he'll already say it in one second. That's good enough. Somehow, I don't remember why. Oh, I saw it quoted somewhere. I looked at the Marsha. This Gemara about Shimon, I'm assuming, appears in four places. So we started with Psachim. We saw the Marsha's comment on Psachim. That was the comment we just made about Scarva Onesh. But the Marsha comes back to it in Kiddushin and makes a different point. I don't know why he saved one for Kiddushin, but that's what he does. So we go to Kiddushin. You see where it says Reish Ayin Kuf in the third line? Rabbi Akiva Loya Chash What's to be Chash, guys? He wasn't concerned, like a Chashash. Why was he not concerned? Meaning, Shimon Amsun was all concerned about including a Talmud Chacham. Milarabo Talmud Chacham. Shegam Zeh Bichlal Kavod Shamayim Vitorato. Shehem Lom Dimota. Perfect. What does he say? Because when I'm respecting the scholar in a certain sense, that is not in conflict to respect for God because I'm respecting the scholar qua somebody who is very involved and knowledgeable about God's Torah. 
Therefore, it's not like a separate, you know, responsibility that should be viewed as co- conflict. It is stems almost, it almost goes together naturally. But if you really have reverence for God and reverence for God's Torah, so I'll also have reverence for those who excel at God's Torah. Okay, so one way of uh, taking the Marsha, one way of taking Rabbi Kiva, say Rabbi Kiva, it's not that he thinks the Talmud Chacham is worthy of comparison to God. He just says they actually go together. Right? That's part of my reverence for God. One more thing, guys. And here is something I really want to start doing more. Okay, you know, if any of you station a band next year, here is a good choice for you. Should I make guys have a weekly chabrut for me? There's something I've never done, which I'd like to do. I've never just gone through a parak of Yushalmi straight. We always learn Bavli, and we only look up Yushalmi if we have like something we know is there. That's what we tend to look I'm just curious what would it feel like to just learn Yushalmi. Okay, so uh, you, anyone station a band, you have that offer, you could be my Yushalmi chabruta. Okay, so look at source 11. Now, one of the interesting is that the Yushalmi. People often assume oh, it will be just another version of the Bavli. But very often it can be quite different. Look at this Yushalmi, guys. Okay. You'll see a technical difference and a huge idea difference. This fellow, notice it's the same name. Wait, was that the second name? In, wait, we had Shimon and then we had... No, but we had a second name, no? Shimon or... Nechemia. Yeah, yeah, Nechemia was the second name. Nechemia Okay, notice already, it's setting up like a different relationship. It sounds like Nechem Yusini was the student who was apprenticing with Rabbi Kiva for 22 years. Okay, v'lamdu etim v'gamen ribuyen achin v'rakim yutin. So Harrison, this would be where to do the research. He said the word et and the word gam increase, the word ach and the word rak decrease. And Harrison, your question is very good because three of the four seems to make obvious sense, but not et, right? Obviously gam is an increased word. Okay, but that ed is a word of increase is not obvious at all, but fine. That's what Rabbi Kiva taught him. Look what happens now. Wait, what about? So the student asks, what about Hashem Kachatira? Namely, what's he challenging Rabbi Kiva? How are you going to increase that? Amrlei, look what he answered. Oto, vetorato. So notice the Yushalmi's version. It doesn't even mention... The Talmud Chacham. I mean, we in the Marsha, Talmud Chacham, we tried to say was about the Torah. The Yushalmi just gets there directly. Right? So maybe those of us who don't like the idea that you'll include a Talmud Chacham in this, this is your Yushalmi. This is great. The Yushalmi does want to find some drashat et, but it refuses to do the Talmud Chacham. It says, oh, what could I have reverence to together with God? God and the Torah. That works. That does not set up a human being in any inappropriate fashion. And that's the way to get there. Okay? Now comments on this approach. Yeah, or anything. Yeah. Does this make kind of like indicate a cultural difference between like the people like in Israel actually people in Baba, where it was like in Baba you would like Look, I'd have to think through Shas to see if that works or not. But I will just point out, like, sometimes you could do something based on like a larger cultural universe, but I wouldn't always say that. Like you could have someone in a Bay Madrash who's kind of counterculture. Right? Like uh Oh, oh, we don't have any volleyball anime guys this year. What, what's, what's a good what's, Oh, here we go. Art to talk. Okay, here we go. Okay, most of you spend your free time watching Netflix, you know, Breaking Bad or uh, things like that. And Art Dark is watching, you know, volleyball anime, right? So uh, he is not subject to the, uh, to the larger culture, right? He is a counterculture figure, okay? What? Not volleyball anime, but a lot of Oh, okay, sorry. He's just watching anime. How do you... What, what? What's it called? Rob, romantic comedy anime? Oh, that's worse. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, Doug, how do you like go between like reading Aristotle and Tanya and watching rom-com anime? <laughs> Uh, All right, uh, Rafi. Uh, could you plug into like October edition of Yerushalayim and like the year of uh, discussion? Like, well, isn't Yerushalayim there just fear of God? So why 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 would it impact on this? We're more hesitant to like include something else within this fear. You would say it's not an accident that we called Yerat Shemaim, not Avat Shemaim? Is that what you're saying? That is interesting, but not, that is a very interesting linguistic point, but not for us now. Quincy, is this your third or fourth comment, Quincy? So, so about this. That was a very clever response. That was very good. Yeah. Wait, hang in there. Okay, well, well, guys, tell me why Quincy's statement is not really relevant here. Yeah, I don't believe this is a case for Psak. Right, you don't have to look this up in Shulchan Aruch. Do we go with the Bavli or the Yushalmi? Guys, one of the nice things about Jewish philosophy is in a certain sense it's more restricted than halakha, but in a certain sense it's total freedom. Because you might say we have certain core beliefs that really matter, let's say the divinity of the Torah, but once you get beyond those core beliefs, there's no need to paskin. Like, we're going to have a, a, a panel one day, good coming news, guys, coming trash, not this Sunday, but we'll have a panel one day about how divine providence works. We don't have to pask in that one. Oh, the Pesach is, this is how divine providence works. Right? There could be different approaches. You could identify one or another. So here, I, I see no reason to pask in this question. Right? You could say, I identify with you, Shalmi. That's great. Well, wouldn't you think it was interesting if we tried to master Well, didn't the Marsha make a move in that direction already? Okay, okay, because guys, remember what we have here? The Yushalmi goes straight to Torah. The Marsha says, even the Bavli that talks about Talmud Chacham, it's really Talmud Chacham as far as... They represent Torah, right? So the Marshak does have the person there, but he kind of gets, there's definitely a move towards the Ushami there in the Marshak. Yeah, leave, leave. Is number three or two? two. Okay. Um, Look, if the Torah is an expression of divine will, so then it's easier to identify somebody with their Torah. No, no, I'm saying, how could it be the same as your Shemai? Look, I don't know if it has to be the same, but the point is, it's not religiously problematic to have the et. Okay, you know what, guys? I'll, I'll do an example, which you guys might agree. Okay, let's try this. I hope I'm remembering this correctly. Who in the room is the oldest child in their family? Okay. So, did you guys, this is something you always get excited about. Did you ever learn halakha about kavod applying to acha gadol? Yeah. Okay, theory, yes? Woo. What? In theory, but never actually happens. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> it was just going to be like a cheap line about his girlfriend. It wasn't worth it. Okay. Okay, so, uh, okay. so now, so, so, I, I, so if I recall correctly, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, I think where it comes from is, the Pasuk says, Am I right? And it says, right. Do you remember that? I'm pretty sure that's what the drush is. So notice, it's kind of, it's the Shuman Am Sunni Rikiva methodology that Ed comes to include. And what's the claim? Oh, what does it come to include? Your older brother. Okay, Akiva Nelson is right. This is not practiced very much at home. Okay, so now, ah, but I would like to argue even after that drasha, you're not really saying that your big brother merits the same respect as parents. 
just some kind of respect, right? I don't think there's any halacha like don't sit in your big brother's chair, right? There's no halacha like that. But there is halacha don't sit in your parents' chair. So maybe when we do the etz, we don't have to make an absolute equation. We should say that somehow, on a, some lower scale, we have this as well. But I could still argue that I'm reluctant to do that for a Talmud Chacham and God. Maybe even if it's not on the same scale, there's still something dangerous about that, and therefore I'm resistant. Okay, but I'm not sure the et has to mean that they're exactly the same. Gabriel. You mean like gam? Like gam or like what? Okay, that's good. Look, it's a good question. Not for us right now. No, Gabriel's right, right? Usually, usually that's more like a, we're reading a Mishnah, though, not not the Pesukim. Right? You're reading a Mishnah, the Mishnah says, Kol or Hakol, and we'll say, oh, what are you trying to include by using that phraseology? Okay, but that, not for us right now. Rafi. Doesn't this show, like, that we did throw it that period? That we did throw it out? We did throw it that no, but Achicha Gadol, we do use it. Exactly. Ah, we, oh, that's an interesting question. Okay, maybe we should look through. Okay, that's the problem, guys. As I always say, when you want to investigate a word, you don't want the word to be et. Okay, but that would be an interesting question. How many times do we still use the et? And if we are still using it, maybe that's actually a proof that we do retain it. Very good, Rafi. That's a sharp point. Okay, let me show you one last thing, guys. Okay, and then I'll take more comments. So if we could go, please. Actually, two more things before I take comments. Let's go to, where is it? I want, ah, source seven. Okay, guys, just one thing. When you, I think I've seen this before. When you're learning the agadic sections of Shas, the non-legal portions, so the svarim you use are different. Like anyone bracho have a question, you might say, first I'll try the Rishonim, right? I'll look in Tosvot, I'll look in the Rush, I'll look in the Rashba, right? Or I'll go to the Achrodim, I'll look in the Pnei Yeshur, the Tzach. Okay, but often in Agadita, it's, it's a totally different list. So I'll look in the Marsha first. And there's a sefer called Ein Yaakov, everyone should be aware of. A man named Rav Yaakov Ibn Khabib collected all the Agadic sections of Shas. And it has its own commentaries. So you notice that when I put the, the riff in source 10, you notice I put in brackets Ein Yaakov, because it's not the same riff. This is not the riff in the back of the Gemara. There's a man named, ah, this is good for all the Syrians here. A man named Ravi Yushrio Pinto, who was the chief rabbi of Damascus in the 1600s. He happens to have the same acronym as Rav Yitzchak Al-Fasi. But you ever see the riff in the Gothic section, it is Rav Yushio Pinto. And the Iyun Yaakov is a man named Rav Yaakov Reicher. Okay, so look at source 7. Now he's also curious about why this one was so problematic at the Shemakachatira. The leaner Devadai, Afagav to Darshinan Et, even if we do make Et Drashot, Mikomakom, Eno Muchrach. Keyword, guys, Eno Muchrach. It's not. Of necessity, you're not forced to say, This makes a lot more sense to me. Not every et in Chumash comes Now, I admit, guys, I was a little bit lazy. I apologize. I didn't look up the example. But clearly, what's happening there, the Gemara is using the word et not as a reboy. Just what does it sound like? What does et do there? It's some kind of break. It creates some kind of interruption. So without getting to details, really, we should look up that Kamarna Vodazara, but clearly not every Ed in the history of Judaism has to be a reboy, which may make his project a little bit easier, right? Not every Ed is a reboy. Okay, here we go. But what about this person? So why doesn't he just say, Ed's not a reboy? What does it mean that it's Reisha Dekra? It's the beginning of the Pasuk. So again, I didn't do too much research, but apparently every time et has another purpose, its purpose is only served if 
in the middle of the Pasuk. Let's say Ed is meant to create a break. That makes more sense in the middle of the Pasuk. So he wants to claim, ah, what was Shimon Hamsuni's limitation? Every Ed that starts a thought, that has to be a reboy. So notice, some of our problems will fall away. How about a question from the Hafta Et Hashem Elokecha? Since Et doesn't start the Pasuk, he could say, so we don't have to come with some deep difference between Ava and Yura. Okay, so let me just sum where we are, because we've done a lot of ideas. Take comments, and I'll get to the last two ideas. Okay, what have we done so far? Okay, first we had, what's this debate about? How do we understand Shimon? How do we understand Rabbi Kiva? Okay, Shimon could say that I just think, don't think it's appropriate to include Tamir Chachamim. Okay, that was one approach. Wait, we had another approach to Shimon. Where was that? Ah, the Dafaldaf. What the Dafaldaf claim? Shimon even thought it was a good drasha. Why couldn't he say it? Because it would be self-serving, right? They'll reject it because, oh, yeah, sure, Tamar Chacham gets up and talks about Kavu for Tamar Chacham. So that's two ways of taking Shimon, right? He, he objects inherently or he objects because it won't work, it won't be effective. How do we take Rabbi Akiva? Either Rabbi Akiva doesn't have a problem with equating Tamar Chacham in this context, or what was the Marsha's take of Rabbi Akiva? When you're having respect for the Chacham, it's really respect... For the Torah. And Yushalmi just did away with Tamil Chachm ultimately. Yushalmi did it in a much more straightforward fashion. Right? The Ed is to include Torah. You have respect for God and His Torah. You're not bringing in human beings into the mix, which I'll just say as an aside, I think is an important point in general. Okay, I think every society needs its heroes. And you know, religious society has rabbinic heroes too. Nothing wrong with that. But again, we always have to be very careful that rabbinic heroes remain human beings, right? They make mistakes, and we should be aware of that. And uh, any you know notion that that can't happen, I think, is ultimately dangerous. Okay, so in any case, so that's that debate. Then we got to why was it Tishamukhatira the first pasuk that bothered him? Assuming Quincy's wrong and assuming that they actually went in order. So we already had a couple approaches to that. Okay, one approach the Marsha says because love and reverence could apply to a person, but fear of punishment wouldn't apply to another Bakam. That was his approach. We now have the Ion Yaakov saying, wait, it was never true that every et has to be a reboy. Only the ets that are at the beginning of a verse. And that's why the Shemilkachatira is different from the Hafta Okay, Any question we've done till now? Okay, Mark, this might be number three, but okay. This is like a zero of the Marsha between it. What are you saying? Oh, that's interesting. Look, you're right. I'll just say one thing. In Psachim, he's explaining Shimonam Sunni, and in Kiddushin, he's explaining Rabbi Akiva. Right? So I think you could, you could work down. Rafi, this is number three again. We have some dominant forces here. Okay. Oh, uh, you guys are catching me out and not doing my homework once again. Okay, it's true. We should look up all four good Rafi, but I did not do so. You think that might make it easier in terms of my issue? Okay, so that actually would be very helpful because let's go now to look. I, I was very lucky to find this source, guys. Let's go to source ten. Okay, and I didn't give you the whole thing just because I had to type this in and uh, I was running out of time last night. Okay, so here we go. The, I, I, the, the Enyakov commentaries are not in the database that I'm aware of. So if I quote them, I had, to, I had to type in source 7, 9, and 11, and 10, which wasn't so bad, actually. Okay, here we go. Avo kashiyagil Oh, I say, what I think about typing? Some of you might know that occasionally in WhatsApp I send out notes in Hebrew, not in English. So I, I have two goals when I do that. One is... 
I think one of the things we're missing tonight is more Hebrew instruction. So sneak a little Hebrew for the students. But also, I don't know if you guys realize this, Hebrew is a much more concise language than English. So since I stink at typing on the phone in both languages, and I equally stink, it is much faster to do it in Hebrew at that point, because much fewer characters. So guys, you could, try, you could try this at home also. You see, if you type in Hebrew, you'll see you'll save time, assuming you know what the Hebrew is. Otherwise, it doesn't really work. Okay. So let's go to source 10. Again, guys, this is not the riff of Yitzhak Fasi. This is Rav Yoshio Pinto. Let's see what he says. I'll get back to that in a second, actually. Klomar, look what he says now. This is just great for me. What does he say, black and white? I am not negating all these rashot. Because I know. This should be otam. I guess the aleph and tet must be next to each other on the keyboard. I'll call, t- cross out the tet and write an aleph. I'll call otam drashot. Kach al kabel al prishut. Okay, yeah, that shouldn't be there either. Okay, I know that. But in any case, what does the riff say explicitly, though? The riff say explicitly that he did not give up on all the drashot. So, Rabbi Yishayu Pinto apparently had the same instinctive reaction as me. The fact that you have one question you can't answer is not reason to give up. Now, he realized himself that this seems to be against the larger context of the Gemara. So the part I didn't type in when I ran out of MG, he wants to say as follows. Maybe there's a difference between how some, what somebody said and how a later student or authority takes him, which actually I think works very well. If you, remember, guys, if I, didn't we start this year that way? If I just read Shimonam Sunni without the larger context, right, you might say, you could read it as saying, okay, I get a lot of great drush until now, and now... I'll take a step back, but not that I'll throw out the rest. The only reason to clearly think he threw out the rest was because the Gemara wanted to use it for somebody else. So the Rift wants to claim that's how somebody else understood Shimon Sunni, but not necessarily that that was exactly... So you can think it's cheating, but I actually don't think it's cheating. That happens sometimes in life. Shimon Sunni said X, so I'm going to start X to be, you know, X plus one. That's the way I understood it. But the original Shimon Sunni was not giving up all his Russian. So at least I do have some rabbinic backing to my theory that if you have a good theory that's working a lot, one counterexample is not a reason to toss the whole thing out the window. Yes, Quincy, just number four. Will you allow me? Yeah, go ahead. Um, just because you can't make that drush, that doesn't mean the drush doesn't exist. The theory might still be correct, only you don't have access to that drush. This guy. Okay, that's just back to what I'm saying. There's no reason to throw it out. Uh, correct, but there's two ways to throw it out. Either you say it's an actual country example and there's no drush of the three words or all the rest, or you can say, no, this theory works, but we just haven't worked it out. Wait, if I say that, if I say one, how come I'm allowed to keep the drush If you say. I mean, if I'm keeping the drush maybe I, at some level, am I not saying, I, I hope that someday I'll be able to work out that example? Right. I mean, if I, say, if, let's ask me a question. If some of that example, I don't know how to say this intellectually, but it's definitively against my theory. There's no way it could ever be worked out. Right? Would that, would that not challenge the theory at that point? You would challenge the theory, but what you would say is, okay, so there's one example that doesn't work, as opposed to, ah, uh, I can't work this out, but somebody might mention it. Okay, okay, I hear that. Okay, anybody else with a comment? Okay, last thing, guys, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, I, now I skipped something in the riff which I think is crucial, again, when I just talked about our relationship with authority figures. Okay, let's go back to the riff again, the first line. Okay, again, what are we bothered by? Why was this the first pasuk that was difficult? Right, weren't there earlier pasuk things, such as Vahafet, the Shemul Kappa, that should have been difficult for him? Michael, are you doing something on your phone? 
What are you doing on your phone? Okay, oh my god. You guys really know how to insult the guy. Okay. I lost out to Twitter? Okay. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mati, see, you tell Mati to sleep because he didn't say, oh, he's tweeting with Akiva Nelson's girlfriend. Okay. Mati, you lost it there. Okay. What? Okay, take it easy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, you, you missed your chance. You had a chance to sleep. It's okay. It happens to, it happens to the best of us. Okay, that's right. Okay. I guess the question is how many, after you make the comment like eight times, does it become like in pocket at some point? Okay. All right. So, in any case, look what he says here. I'm in the beginning of 10 again. Why didn't you say the Rabbah Tamil Chacham? That is really clever. As Rav Yoshio Pinto was the hero of the day. Not just because he backs up my theory, but he also has a very good shot. After it says, it's okay. But after it says, et hashem kacha tira, what are the next two words, apparently? What did he just quote? Voto tavod. And him you should worship. Ah, uh, what is the Rav Yishol Pinto getting at, guys? It's one thing to have reverence for Talmud Chacham. And it's one thing to love Talmud Chacham. But one thing you can't do is worship Talmud Chacham. Right, and that's why, he, so it turns out it's interesting, it wasn't the word Yirah that bothered him so much, it was the word Tavod. Therefore, he didn't want to sneak a Tamar Chacham into, into the, uh, into that Joshua. So I think again, uh, yeah, Adin? Uh, that's interesting. Maybe your Akiva thinks you could kind of break up the Pasuk, right, that the Et is only as far as Yirah is concerned, but doesn't get carried over to the... Oto Tavo. Okay, I, I don't know how, what else to say. I, it's hard for me to say that Rebbe thought you could worship a Tamar Chacham. Okay, I'd like to believe that was not Rebbe Kiva's position. Okay. Are you Padua? Were you in your clothes today? Yes. Okay. Okay. What's going on outside? In the outdoor, what's going on in the big world out there? Uh, usual. Uh, okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So, anyone comment on this? Okay. Now I'll close with this. Yeah, Caleb. With this like approach of the referring to also the idea of saying that we're including Torah in general, and this is kind of problematic to say we're worshiping the Torah not Hashem. Oh, that's interesting. I just think it's harder to differentiate Torah from God than than differentiate a person from God. Okay, let me just close this, and I hope that uh, the Chabadniks knew we're not insulted. Okay, so we'll see what happens right now. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you knew it was coming, right? All right. Okay. So, guys, again, I think there's nothing wrong with having rabbinic heroes, right? Every society has heroes. Like, if you're an atheist scientist, you have your scientific heroes. Okay, if you're a philosopher, you have your philosopher, philosopher heroes. In fact, can I just tell you an interesting thing? You say that everybody does this. Okay, there was a very famous philosopher in the 20th century named Ludwig Wittgenstein. If you ever read any of the biographies of him, it's literally like Gedolim stories. So here's what the goal did at this moment in, uh, in his Austrian whatever. Okay, so uh, you'll see it's it not only... Uh, okay, Quincy, have you read any of the biographies? Yeah. Is what I'm saying correct? Okay, there you go. Okay, so... And she said, I felt like a cat. He got angry and stormed out. How can you feel like a cat? Okay, well, he, he, it's true. I would say they're domes of Wittgenstein, but they're kind of like angry dome stories about Wittgenstein. Okay, but in any case, you'll, you'll see how they relate to it. Okay, so again, there's nothing wrong with that.
Okay, and, but in the rabbinic world, so we can have rabbinic heroes, and please God, you guys should meet rabbis you have great respect for. But again, in religion, there's always a danger of kind of deifying the hero. Right? The hero starts to be the source of admiration more than the Torah ideals or more than God, and that's always a danger to be wary of. So I think some of this sugi actually heads in that direction. Like the Marsha and the Yushal, I would say three things. The, first of all, Shimon Hamsuni himself being reluctant to darshan, the Marsha who says that even according to Rabbi Akiva, it's really about the Torah. And the Yushalmi who says explicitly that it's about the Torah and not about the Talmud Chacham. And I think you're all trying to tell us something, and everyone's wrong. I'll just close these two things. Okay, and again, it's not to like be super critical about Chabad and Breslov, but I think those are two groups that sometimes might make a mistake about balancing this. You don't have to insult by that, or it's okay. Okay, good. Okay, like sometimes you go to a Chabad shul and you feel like it's a big shrine to the Rebbe. In fact, uh, there's a uh, restaurant on the west side of Manhattan, which I believe still exists, called Deli Kasba. At some point, uh, guys, I'm not saying it's not a psak, okay? At some point, my wife and I just couldn't eat there anymore. We felt like, you know, we're, you're benching to the Rebbe there. You're not benching to, uh, to God. Like the, the Rebbe's just like, isn't there like always like a video of the Rebbe playing? Yeah. Some levels in New York. What do you say? There's a lot of See, guys, it turns out that I'm more machmer than Ramnom. Ramnom has no problem eating there, and I'm very stringent about it. Okay. What? I was in 770, and someone had just left their baby in, like, in the pram, just watching a random video. Like, right. they just left their baby there. Okay, and I'd say you get, you get it a little bit in, you get a little bit in Breslov, too. So I once got a tramp from a Breslov concert. I really shouldn't criticize him. It's nice that he gave me a tramp. And when I got into the car, he says, Al tishkach sheyesh rabbeinu. Now, you can imagine a religious person saying, Al tishkach sheyesh rabbeinu shalolam. Okay, understand? understand the Hebrew, right? It's very basic, right? He said to me, Al tishkach sheyesh rabbeinu. So I, I thought that was kind of idolatrous, actually. All right, guys. Everybody have a great Shabbat.